1: Their aim is to educate and entertain. Here's Scott and Jess.
2: Welcome, guys, and happy Wednesday. We have a very special guest coming your way here today. It is my long-awaited disc and entertainment um, guest, and it's going to be Andrea Regler. But first, we're going to start with the quirky tip of the day. (coughs) And my quirky tip today is if you are not familiar with anything that Dre does, she is a complete badass in disc. She is internationally very well known. Um, She does a lot of performance and everything else. She teaches online. But check her out at dragondogsinternational.com. She has a bunch of links there. You can see her and her dogs live. And she's been at this game for like 15 years, and you're really killing it. So welcome. Thanks for joining us.
0: Yeah, thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. This is super fun.
2: Yeah, so tell us a little bit about how this all came to be, um, this throwing plastic to dogs situation.
0: <laughs> uh, well, it, it started out as a hobby. Um, I played mm-hmm. Ultimate Frisbee, which is like a human version of the game. Okay. Uh, just as a hobby. And then I got an Australian Shepherd named Lily, and uh, she was just to bring to Ultimate Games as like a bro dog. Yeah. And, um, you know, we, we would all just chuck discs to her on breaks and then <laughs> saw online that people did tricks with Frisbees and dogs. And that was it. Yeah. That was pretty much it. Like, we just started finding all the people that would um, show us how to do tricks with dogs. So uh, I got hooked on the sport, found a great group, uh, the Central Florida Dog and Disc Club whoop, whoop, to my originally uh, Frisbee dog group in Central Florida. Uh, and it was such a cool culture. We did some agility and stuff first, um, but the community just wasn't quite the same. Like the disc community is just, it's a its a cool hippie vibe yeah. and everybody's really welcoming. And uh, I was just hooked. Yeah. So it really just became a hobby and then a hobby became a career.
1: Awesome. Cool. Hacky sacks and Frisbees. <laughs>
0: Totally, all, all combined there in one. There <laughs> <sex>. were people <laughs> spinning discs on their fingers and doing tricks like the old freestyle disc
2: players. It, it's yeah. a pretty hippie crowd, the disc world. And then, yep. um, your big, your first like big dog was Moxie. I feel like correct. Like, yes. Okay. She was my like so, first frisbee dog. Yeah. yeah. And then, and but that she was like, I mean, a podium dog. Like you guys, like she was amazing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: And she's, she, uh, sh- she has three championships, and she'll be fourteen in August. Wow, amazing! And
2: who who's yeah. your main competitor now? Is it Leap? Is that your main Leap? Okay. Yes. And yeah, got- and he'll be
0: seven in August, uh, and he's got five world championships. He's a much easier dog um, for me um, to play with uh, than Moxie was. Moxie challenged me a lot, but boy, that was a lot of fun playing with <laughs> she her. She was fiery. Yeah, it you guys like, were fun.
1: It sounds like you had quite an advantage <laughs> coming from Frisbee without a dog first, because when Jess got me doing yeah. Frisbee with my dog, she said, do not throw another Frisbee, put the dog away. <laughs> Come out here and just throw the them. just throw yeah. the Frisbee. Yeah. So yeah. what were you doing, like Frisbee golf or what was it that you were doing?
0: Yeah. Frisbee golf actually uh, started Frisbee golf right around the same time um, that I started with dogs. Yeah. Um, mostly because I didn't heal as quickly as I needed to for ultimate anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, as I got into my 30s, the 20-year-olds uh, were faster and uh, healed a lot faster. If I got tweaked, you know, I little tweak in, in an ankle or something like that, I would be out for like six weeks. And uh, and then have to get all the way back caught up again. And so uh, the competitive part of Ultimate, um, like traveling around as on a travel team, phased out as soon as I started uh, disc sports with dogs. And then the disc golf thing just kind of came naturally as another human sport. But, yeah, we did. Um, actually, when I started, the club was pretty surprised in Florida because most people don't come in being able to throw 40 yards. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. And, and I could just come right in and throw 40 yards right down the middle. Like, who are these <laughs> yeah. people? Who oh, is um, this woman? Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's it, was talk, lot, it was a lot of fun though.
2: Let's talk a little bit about your fitness journey too, because you weren't really like a CrossFitter when you first started, right? It was that kind of been no, a journey yeah. that's, cause that's like a whole nother facet of you. That's <laughs> like, I mean, You have a lot of stuff going on. So tell us a little bit about your own like physical journey too. And I mean, it's kind of like your way of life now, right?
0: It totally is. Yeah. So, um, about four years ago, I had some major life changes and I was just, I was pretty unhappy. And, uh, I wanted to feel good about myself. And so I was working out in my basement, like kickboxing and like, I wanted to learn how to walk on my hands. That was my goal. <laughs> I wanted to kick, I was just, I was like, just getting out energy and I want to learn how to walk on my hands. And I fell on my head so many times <laughs> in my basement. I was pretty sure that I would end up breaking my neck down there and all my dogs would starve to death. Yeah. <laughs> and, I'm, and so to avoid that, I went to a CrossFit gym to learn how to walk on my hands. And again, it was the community like the CrossFit community became a family for me. And so, um, I just fell in love with it and started going. And then obviously the side effects of that, I have a lot more energy, my health improved. Um, my body doesn't hurt all the time anymore. Um, I feel good inside my body. I feel good in my clothes. Um, it's, it's a real fun sport where you can set a- attainable goals. There's always something to learn and achieve. And as an athlete, that's always been really rewarding for me. Um, and I like the challenge of being a part of something where I can't reach the top. Like I'm not going to be the top CrossFitter in my age group. So there's always more for me to learn and attain. Yeah. Um, Has it changed your journey with disc and dogs? Like, has it changed kind of that situation too?
1: (laughs) Well, now now I feel
0: like I have more, I can be more athletic with my dogs. I I don't get tired when I'm running a. A freestyle routine. I feel like I can move any way that I need to move. I can catch them and feel confident that I can handle their body weight. Yeah, um, you have better mobility. Yeah. I just feel better. Yeah.
1: In general. I was saying, you can throw the Frisbee 40 yards and then throw the dog 40 yards to catch it. <laughs> well,
2: Leap is kind of heavy. you got to be able to catch Leap. Leap seems heavier than Moxie for sure. So tell, he is, yeah. Tell people a little bit about um, the types of online offerings that you have. Because one thing I liked, if you click on this link that we'll have in the description, all of Dre's classes are open for enrollment all the time. It's not like there's you know mm. a start date and everything else. So tell us some of the things that people can learn. And you have students from all around the world,
0: right, on these online courses? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The online thing actually started during COVID uh, because we were in the middle of, we were getting ready to start our season and then we had no work. Yeah. It was a little stressful for
2: entertainers during that time. Yeah. And so, and people really wanted to play disc with their
0: dogs. Yeah. And so I I got together with Jack McCauley, my business partner, and he was like, you should really be teaching. And I'm like, but how do I do that during COVID? And he's like, let's film some stuff. And I was already out there and we put together our first um, seminars and I've just loved it. So Um, What we've designed, I just want to grow the sport. That's been the purpose this whole time is kind of closing the gap between people that play toss and fetch and people that play freestyle. There's so many more skills in the middle yeah, and it can be highly frustrating for people. So um, we have two foundation courses, foundation one and foundation two, that get people started with all the base stuff that they need to play with their dogs. And then we have um, a bunch of different offerings from a full soup to nuts freestyle course that show all the things to like specific micro courses, where maybe if you just want to learn about big overs or you just want to learn about flips. Um, And then we have a new routine building course that we put out that kind of takes a different approach on routine building. So for me, I just like people that like to continuously learn. Yeah, Um, We're making, you know, really cost effective courses. Most of them cost less than a private lesson and you have them forever. And so you can always go back and follow up with the information, but, um, I just want people to be uh, have the tools and skills to be able to progress past the challenges they have with their dogs when they can't make it to an online or an in person seminar. Yeah, uh, most players have to wait like six months or a year yeah. before somebody will come back or they have an opportunity to attend another seminar. And sometimes they have the same problems throughout the whole dog's career because they never got it solved. Yeah, know?
2: well, and the other thing is, like, especially disc compared to something like agility. There's so f- many fewer instructors out there doing seminars mm-hmm. in person. You know what I mean? It, it like you say, yeah. it's a much smaller sport. So, do you have any in-person stuff still coming up for the rest of 2022?
0: Yeah, I have one later in the fall uh, that's going to be in Indianapolis, and you can find that on the link as well. Okay. And then uh, I always teach down here in Texas, which is my home base. Um I teach down here in November and December, uh, usually once in Houston and once in Austin, and then everything else will be January, February. So usually in the winter time, I fly to like a cold state yeah. and do something indoors yeah. or um, go down to like Florida or do something here in Texas, yeah, know, in nice. the southern region where it's not frozen.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so what are you doing with your summer? Are you mm-hmm. doing mostly competitions and shows? What does your life kind of look yep. like day to day?
0: Yeah. So this summer uh, we are going to be in California. Oh, fun. So yeah, we're heading out there next week and we'll spend about a month in Del Mar, which is the San Diego area, and about a month and a half up in LA. And we'll have a little gap in between to like explore California or do whatever we want to do for about 10 days. So I'll be gone for about three months. Okay. And then I'm going right from there to the Indianapolis seminar. So um, the whole summer is just going to be California and doing performing at, at fairs and uh, one, hopefully one competition right in the middle somewhere. But Um, we're not competing a whole lot until world finals.
2: Okay, great. And then you do the entertainment circuit. I mean, that's kind of another facet of what you do, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're traveling around and it's nicer to have a long stint. Tell people a little bit about that because I used to be a carny back in the day and just tell (laughs) them about your experience and what that life is like, kind of,
0: (sighs) (laughs) the good, the bad and the ugly. Go ahead. (laughs) When you said you're a carny, I'm like, oh, okay, you get it. Um, it's, uh, it's been a wonderful experience. Uh, it's a grand adventure. It's lovely, um, pulling up to a new place and setting up a new, like temporary portable home for yourself and your dogs for a period of time. You get into the rhythm of it. You build um, a great team and community with the people that you're working with for that time. Um, like going to camp when we were kids, like you feel like you're going to be friends with those people for the rest of your life. Type yeah. Of thing. Yeah. So I, I love that part of like really building a team and, um, finding everybody's strengths and and finding a comfortable place that everybody's having a great time and maximizing uh, the potential of their dogs. And then you, you pick up and you go somewhere else and you do it again. (laughs) So I, I, like, I do like the longer runs where it's like a month or, you know, a month and a half, uh, rather than like driving from place to place to place. I feel like it's a little easier for the dogs to settle in. It's a little easier for us to settle in and get a rhythm And, uh, you know, and I'm not a spring chicken anymore, so (laughs) I like, I like a little bit of a more comfortable pace. I, when I first started performing, um, you know, you're the one that takes all the small runs. When you first start, you have two or three day run here and a two or three day run there and you're just excited about the thrill. Yeah. Um, but at this point I like going someplace and, um, kind of getting to know a town or a city for three or four weeks and explore the restaurants, explore the culture. And then, so through this process, I've gotten to see every state in the U S Awesome. Um, I've gotten to spend time in a lot of them. So it's been, it's been a great adventure. It is a lot of wear and tear yeah. on the humans and the dogs. Yeah. And I wouldn't change any of it. I feel like it's just been a really great adventure for yeah. us.
2: The other thing about the two or three day runs that people don't get is like, if you have road trouble or something happens, like there's a lot of pressure and stress there too. Like you have this amount of time to get from yep. this state to that state. And it's a lot. And the other thing I'm thinking even more recently is, Like I would be stressed about vet care now more so these days because like the vet situation is like totally different no matter where (laughs) you are. And like at least being stationed in California for X amount of time, you can develop a relationship because if you're in Timbuktu, USA, like you're relying on those people to get your dogs up and moving if something happens, you know? So
0: And it's not just human, it's human care and Yeah, that's true. I guess doctors, yeah. (laughs) I don't have a doctor there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So that's part that's part of the deal, you know, male trying to figure out how to get your mail to work (laughs) trying to figure out how to get your internet to work yeah (laughs) and like vet care and human medical care are just really are just big challenges when you live on the road those aren't things that come easily Um, and then obviously resources you know water having propane on board being able to dump your tanks all those things are things you have to think about when you live on the road um, and you're going from fair to fair making sure those things can be can be handled yeah Yeah,
1: nomadic existence but (laughs) with a Mm -hmm. purpose
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah and you, it it totally is. Yep.
1: <laughs> how many uh, dogs do you have? I mean, because when Jess used to do it, her biggest concern was if a dog pulled a muscle, for example, and you need yep. that dog to just rest, but you got to show, and so yep. you got to have backups. You got to have so. How many dogs did you guys yep. have when you were traveling? Like depends, a dozen like or a so.
0: T- a dozen or so. Yeah. Yeah. So when I was working at Purina, uh, my minimum was ten performers. Um, I needed to have 10 working dogs. Yeah. Uh, so I thought I usually was between like eleven to thirteen. Um, I got up to 17.
2: It's a lot. Um, and
0: that was too many for me. Yeah. I just I wasn't comfortable with that managing that many lives and personalities and enrichment programs, and it was yeah. just too much.
1: And did potty um,
0: breaks. Yeah, potty
1: <laughs> just going out to <laughs> pee. It's like <laughs> yeah. a big production. The, the
0: groups, four different groups, forget it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um I have I have five dogs and uh I'm really excited. Moxie is the oldest of 14. And the youngest is Ocean. Um, I adopted her about five months ago from down here in Houston, and I'm looking right now for one more um, frisbee dog, like specifically specifically for competition frisbee.
2: Okay.
0: So I have a couple of um, my eyes on a couple of different prospects right now that I'm kind of seeing which one feels right. But I'm I'm looking to add another uh, competition frisbee dog, and I would really like a black dog, as I feel like it's really important um, to have a black dog represented yeah. Um, everybody has flashy looking dogs, but black dogs often get overlooked in shelters. And, yeah. um, so it was always really important to me with Moxie, you know, representing the, the black dog breed to, <laughs> you know, to, to have that in my pack. And so I'm really looking forward to adding a black, a black dog. And
2: variety that, you know? is important too, right? Like you don't want to go to a show and see four, you know, red and white border collies popping out. Like you, it's good. Yeah. It's good to see the different breeds and all of that and everything yeah. else. All right. We're yeah. going to go to break super quick. And when we get back, we're going to discuss more with Dr.
0: Dre. Want to keep up with all the latest from the Quirky Dog Podcast like me and Murphy here? Then make sure you head on over to the YouTube channel and subscribe. Or if you prefer to listen to the madness, go on over to iTunes or Spotify and follow the Quirky Dog Podcast. And hey, while you're there, leave a rating and review and let them know what you think of the show. Until then, keep it quirky. All right.
2: (laughs) All right. scott Scott, little dog questions.
1: Well, (laughs) I saw a papillon once catching a little... like fabric frisbee. It looked pretty cool. The dog was pretty good. Do you have any uh, little, you know, unusual sizes? Like even a Corgi would be funny to see. If you pulled out a Corgi, people would be <laughs> or cracking students,
0: up. Or students with little Yeah, dogs. you
1: must have students that get, have these really unusual breeds.
0: Yes. I actually got to work with two Corgis this past weekend. And while I don't have any uh, long-backed, tiny-legged hamster dogs on my (laughs) personal team they are super fun to work with they're like cattle dogs without legs they are they're really and um, it's like a fast caterpillar (laughs) yeah a fast caterpillar is a great (laughs) hamster
2: so are you doing you're like crossfitting while you're doing shows and so you're like working out and working (laughs) like it's a whole to-do so you really are as athletic as the damn dogs considering (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, that's important. I think, yeah. you know, I think we, we put a lot of time and attention into the dog's nutrition and, um, you know, core stability and yeah. overall their mobility and we get massages and chiropractic care, but do you do that for yourself? Yeah. yeah. You know, I make sure that I get muscle work done and I get chiropractic work done and that I'm you know, taking care of my nutrition and taking good supplements and taking my vitamins and stretching. And I've added yoga, uh, this year, which has been a big game changer for me.
1: It is um. unusual. Most of the carnies are smoking crowd. I mean, that's what gets them going. Yeah,
0: yeah. it's a couple steps above that. <laughs> <laughs> Just a couple. <laughs> it's a different way to get all the systems firing. It does give you that super boost of energy <laughs> yeah. just like
2: from your own body substances instead of crack. With less fallout. Exactly. Let's With talk about fallout. mindset a little bit too, because that's one thing I really appreciate about you and Scott and I are constantly on this journey of like trying to better ourselves and yada, yada, yada. So can you just touch on your mindset and you talked about how you were in a tough place, you know, almost four sure. or so years ago and just kind of how lifting other people up, giving other people, some inspiration, and maybe some tools that you've used, and everything else.
0: That's a good question.
2: Um,
1: no, if we're if we're, me, if we're prying, I, if we're prying, we'll back off a little bit. No, I'm
0: fine. <laughs> I'm fine with any. I love your questions so far. By the way, I think they're uh, unique and wonderful. I love your questions. Uh, for me, um, I think the thing was is I was really struggling, and there was a lot of agreement around that. Okay, and I thought about want people to when they think about hey there's this girl Andrea Rigler, what do I want them to think and I don't want them to think about that yeah like I would rather people think about who I am yeah and I had an opportunity to recreate who that is because you know when you're starting your life over you can create anything you want yeah and so I I started doing some personal development stuff and I had I had done that about 10 years prior and it made a really big difference for me and uh, I went I just dove right back into that and it gave me clear path and stuff to work on and a great community support system. And I just focused on what do I want to create? Like anytime I find myself looking backwards, you know, I'll give myself a minute to like feel however I want to feel. And then what do I want to create? Yeah. Like, what do I want moving forward? And I think um, another thing was just avoiding drama at all costs. So mm-hmm. if someone has something to say, valid That they have to say that if someone has something to feel that's valid and you know, I can acknowledge how people feel and that doesn't have to mean anything about me. Yeah, a hundred percent. So it's really it's just been like letting people have and I can have compassion for wherever anyone else whatever anyone else is dealing with, because like I've been in pretty crappy places where I've caused drama or I've been in the middle of situations and you know, that didn't mean anything about anyone else either. That was all about me. So just kind of giving people the space to have whatever feelings or ways of being that they have. And not let it impact what I'm up to creating and who I want to be and what I want. And I just, I want people to have a great relationship with their dogs. I want the people in my life that are in my inner circle to feel loved and heard and supported. And I want anything that I put out in the world to be in alignment with like, like joy and kindness (laughs) and tolerance and compassion. And, you know, I just feel like people feel better when you have those things and nobody likes being judged. Nobody likes being Talked about behind their back. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's so enough like crap, I just, I there's, there's enough crap in anymore. the world without partaking yeah. in it. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I, I don't do those things in the world anymore. And so I don't get them yeah. as much. Yeah. So I that's just nice. I just keep putting out the energy I want to get back. And as that's worked pretty well. Yeah. It was it was a challenge at first, but just like any other practice, anytime you catch yourself doing like you know, a fitness practice, you catch yourself skipping the gym for four days. You can be mad at yourself and sit on the couch, and eat a cheeseburger, mad at yourself that you skipped four days, or you could just go to the gym. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Give yourself right? a little bit of grace. Yeah. yeah exactly. So you sign up,
1: you sign up for a little Frisbee course. Next thing you know, you got a life coach <laughs> <laughs> you walk, no. you're doing a fire well, walk
2: it is truly something that I do value <laughs> with you because and even you really kind of like project this attitude of gratitude right like I even asked you like yeah. hey how is it with traveling and rather than think like oh my god well it was really tough this one time the first thing you do is focus on the positive positive. and you know when you pop up yeah. in my feed or when I see you interacting with other mm-hmm. you know newbies or longtime players or whatever else that positivity is contagious and it is infectious and if we can spread that more especially in the dog world I feel like at least we're going somewhere better than yeah. <laughs> sadness and drama. So I appreciate you yeah. touching on that because I, I, I see how much um, you have at least grown from what I know of you. I've never met you in person mm. and you just radiate light. So thank you for doing oh. that and bringing that to the dog world because the disc dog That's world, sweet. it shouldn't be super heavy, right? Like it's supposed to be fun. You're just throwing plastic to dogs. It's a, it's a fun yeah. thing. Yeah.
1: Speaking of throwing plastic, when I first met Jess, she had duffel bags with hundreds of Frisbees in yeah. there with all these like misprints on them. You know, she's, she's like, oh, you well, need Frisbees. They're a hundred bucks for a hundred of them.
0: Dre's a hero girl, right? You're a hero girl. Look at team hero.
1: Yeah. What is that? A Frisbee?
0: Uh, yeah. Hero Disc USA is uh, the bestest manufacturer on the planet. Yeah. Uh, it's just a great variety of plastic. Uh, I love the product offerings they have in, in regards to like for small dogs, soft mouth dogs. Um, they have great uh, disc for competition. I love my Super Swirls and my Hero Extras Those are my favorites. Yeah. So they have light plastic, heavy plastic, and great company to work for. Uh, I love the team that I'm on. Um, we, have a, we have a great team of players and it's a super fun community. Support it. So, yeah, yeah it, go Team Hero. When I
1: first met Jess, she had a Malinois that was a good Frisbee dog. But, she would be have to ride his butt because he would chew up Frisbees like (laughs) potato chips. I mean, a nice Frisbee would come back with five holes in it immediately.
2: I think I was using Euroblends at the time and I'm like, well, that's $25 a disc, but they lasted a long time. Yeah. So do you use different discs for competition versus shows, um, distance? Like tell people a little bit about the intricacies of that.
0: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, it depends on my dog first of all. Okay. Um, and then it can, then it depends on the, uh, the, the weather conditions. So if I have a dog that doesn't absolutely destroy things like you were referencing yeah. um, and the weather is nice, like it's not too windy. I would always prefer to play freestyle with hero extra distance. Okay. So the, the hero extra is a little bit more durable than the, um, the hero air. Uh, both of those are like the top light plastic that, okay. that hero offers. And um, the distance has like a, a grippy, sticky coat on the outside that okay. gives it a little bit more durability. Um, and I have slobbery dogs, so <laughs> <Yeah>. that helps. <laughs> you know when you press into the disc and you feel the slobber, yeah, you just swish oh, all the yay. way through it? That's, that's what I got with Leap. Yeah. He's, very, he's very slobbery. Uh, so that's my favorite light plastic. And then um, if it's windy at all or if I'm doing shows, I use my super swirls because they're super durable. And I don't want to go through an entire box of extras at a, at a show. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to pay for all that. So I just – I use my – I have a set of show swirls and they've been around for years and right. I use them for a ton of dog shows. They still fly great. And then when I want to go to a competition, I take all the ones that have all the pretty paint on it. Yeah, still, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, use, <laughs> I use the ones. <laughs> These are my nice that discs. That look really yeah. pretty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> pretty and if people are yeah, listening. I use those for toss and fetch too.
2: Okay, sweet. So if people are listening and they're not familiar with Hero Discs or anywhere else, where do people buy Hero Discs? I mean, you don't like run into Petco and buy them.
0: Yeah. Uh, you could just find them at HeroDiscUSA.com. Okay. okay. Yep. Um, so and they're right online. If you're not sure which discs to get, uh, you can message anybody on team hero, just message me on Facebook or Instagram. Um, or you can call up hero and Denise will walk you through, um, whatever disc you think is good for your dog. If you have a smaller dog that bites real hard, the sonic size is really nice, but they also have light plastic. Yeah. So I like those for Moxie. I use the sonic size for her. Cause she's a little bit smaller. And then if you have a full size dog, then the 235s, the extras and the swirls and the airs are the, really the ones that are the most uh, the most common, but everybody's got their their preference in plastic. There's opaque plastic; it's a little softer, and then yeah. there's the clear plastic; it's a little more durable and harder. So I recommend everybody to like go to your local disc club and ask to get your hands on other people's discs. Yeah, before you, you order. can just like see them, feel yeah. yeah. Or or just go to get a mix a combo pack. Yeah, somewhere. Um, but yeah, just just get your hands on a most most disc club people. Man, they're so friendly in this community. People will want to like throw to your dog, help you throw to your dog. <laughs> Here, borrow my Frisbees. Yeah. You know, everybody's really nice. So yeah. um, I would recommend finding a local toss and pitch group or your local group and uh, see if they're playing any up dog games, anything like that. And then uh, just get your hands on some different types of discs and see which ones you think are the right size and material for your dog.
2: Yeah. Is Moxie still playing at 14? You just mentioned what she, she likes. She is. Oh, She's, so nice. uh, she,
0: the last time she played was in Houston. We did a show run in uh, February and she, there was a couple of days where she demanded I take her out and bring her on the turf. So I brought her on the turf and it was in between shows and we have a, our little like chuck it zip flight,
2: you yeah. know,
0: ring toys. Yeah. <laughs> and she ferociously rips them out of my hand. Oh, that's does so all cute. Her, she barking through. It was, I have video of it. It was joyful. You that's know, so nice. this is the thing when the dogs get older like this, you don't know the last time they're going to be able to play. Yeah. So, I, I just soak it up. Anytime that she feels up to it, man, she gets whatever she wants. Right now, she's a fat potato because I've been gone a couple <laughs> weeks and <laughs> she always convinces my dog sitter to give her extra food and treats. So, she's a sausage right now. I'm going to have to pull some weight off of her I can play any frisbee. That's, That's right. You just got back from Mexico. What were you doing in Mexico? Yeah. Uh, so, I was teaching out there. Okay. Uh, there's a, a really great group down there of players, Latin players. Man, they have some like, they have some funk, like they play some, <laughs> some awesome Latin music, and they're like dancing. Yeah. It's really cool because um, internationally, you see more male players playing freestyle than in the U.S. Yeah. When I started in the sport, there were more men. Than there were women, but the women dominate here, and the men can't take it. They just all left. I'm just <laughs> um, I bought up the pink pink for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in general, um, in <clears throat> other countries, there are more men playing freestyle in a self-expressed way. Yeah like a lot of movement and dance thing. And that's just so fun for me to watch. I just love, I love seeing men having full self-expression around their physical movement and body around music, like dancing. It was great. Yeah. So there's some great players down there that really inspired me. Uh, and I love their movement. And so we did a seminar there for three days and then took a few days off and then came back on Thursday, flew to Wisconsin on Friday and talked to a great group up there. Um, I was just there about three months ago. so this was like a follow-up seminar and nice. man, everybody made great progress. So that was super great. And then we came home and now we're prepping the RV and doing final tasks and heading out West. Going to Yeah. And then we're heading out West. Yeah. I feel
1: like we got to get you out here for a seminar now. <laughs> New England doesn't have all yeah, this. You
0: talked about the Latin fun I'll
2: and
1: he got you got all
0: excited. The yeah. men, the
1: men in Maine I are not fake dancers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was just there. Oh, you were you really? there like three weeks ago. Yeah. I Where were a in New York and I have uh, clients in, in uh, Quicksilver in North Carolina and I have a uh, one. My my partner lives in Maryland, so I'm out there five, six times a year usually. Well, we got to nice. yeah, we'll get you farther north, Maine. Yeah, just hit me up. We'll get you on. the East Coast tour. There you go. We'll just exactly. Hit, like, we'll hit New York, and then we'll hit Maryland. We'll hit North Carolina. We'll hit you guys. Up we'll just do it all in a run. We'll spend like a month on the East Coast next year. It, 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 you got to just pick your weather. It's pick, not going to be as nice as year. Del Mar, just, I'm yeah. telling you. Well, I don't. I don't. I. I'm, I'm phasing out of my uh, performance part of my career, so okay. I'll probably. Um, pick and choose a couple show runs next year, a couple short ones uh, for fun. Uh, But it's not going to be a major part of my, my my pack is smaller now. I don't want to put that much pressure on those dogs. We really enjoy it, but we don't want to, we don't want that to be a major part of what we do anymore. We're mostly focused on teaching and uh, and competing because that's the other big thing for me this year. uh, My major goal this year in regards to competition is to shift my perspective from feeling like I have to win. So like playing for joy, yeah, and See? that's like a huge shift. Attitude, always, I'm telling you, uh, good I mindset. It. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. I've, I've felt I felt like I had to win since Moxie. Like that's just yeah. how I just went into the com- sport competitive. I had an amazing dog. Yeah, and um, you know I've I've won a lot and I've accomplished a lot and I'm not like I I'm grateful for winning and I love winning and it's fun and like it's really fun to be at a competition and not worry about what I need to make up and what I need to do and how I need to warm up like. Yeah. And, or be stressed, Yeah, you know, I would like to just go play with more of a joy mindset. So that's a big shift for me. I'm still trying to find balance in that it'll be interested in the world championships this year. Cause I'm going to Poland Okay. Uh, for the USDN finals. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I'll be, I'm flying all the way to Poland to compete with my dog for joy. Yeah. So it's a that's little cool. bit of a conflict in my brain, <laughs> Yeah, but I'm going to have fun. Yeah. And like, I don't, I'm not focused on winning. Um, I'm focused on, you know, really having joy and and connection with my dogs and and soaking up my experiences. Um, I've, I've done the really intense competition thing and I've loved that too. And, you know, I'm ready for, I'm ready for a little bit of a slower pace and a little more joy.
1: Now you're ready to win with joy.
2: (laughs) Yeah. That would be great, too. You'll you'll still sort of the top. Well, and it's a nice message to impart on fellow competitors and even your students in the industry, right? Because that is something like, I mean, take off the pressure. It's just disc and have some fun. I do have one question. Do you think you change (laughs) your um, styles much from dog to dog or do you kind of feel like you mold the dogs to you? Does that make sense?
0: That's a great question. Um, I think that usually our first dog is how we kind of learn to play. And then our second dog is usually completely different from our first dog. <laughs> yeah. And we struggle with that second dog trying to figure out how to play. And so Huckleberry was my second um, Frisbee dog. Okay. And he was like, like night and day in a moxie. He was a cattle yeah. dog, but he was big and slow. Yeah. And big leaping. Yeah. And she was like a Maserati, right? So yeah. She was like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And so it took, me, it took me several years to really find a, a, a tempo with him. And that's where I really learned about you have to play for the dog that you have the individual yeah. dog that you have. And, and um, it's, that's made me a better player. Just yeah. uh, looking first at what are, what are these dog strengths and then making sure I can fulfill my part as a handler to make the dog look good. Yep. And then I just avoid doing anything I'm not good at or the dog isn't good at. Yeah. So if the dog hates dog catches, we're not doing dog catches. Yeah. Good if I can't, you. if I can't make that a rewarding behavior for the dog, we don't need it because yeah. it's not going to look, in the dog yeah. or if there's something i like i don't like focusing on crazy out throws like that you're not going to see a ton of crazy out throws for me that's not the best part of my game yeah and so i'm not going to write a routine with a bunch of crazy out throws in it i don't yeah. enjoy doing it yeah. you know i want i want to have joy when i play and yeah. i want my dog to have joy when they play so i think um it's part of the fun of the challenge like figuring out what your dog does well yeah. And so I gauge everything on that now. Like I have this new dog and it's like opening a Christmas present. Like what's inside? <laughs> yeah. yeah, What is this dog, What are they going to do? What are they not going to yeah. do? What are yeah. they good at? You yeah. know, and then I, it gives me an opportunity to grow in that area.
2: Yeah. Awesome. They kind of predict the journey. I like that. Do you have anything else to touch on?
1: No, I was just thinking about you working with the dog, which is a great way to become a better handler and trainer because I've known people in other dog sports that have come out of the gate and won a high level competition with their first mm-hmm. dog and then have gone through dozens of dogs yeah. trying to find that dog again. Yeah. Instead of yeah. adapting to what they have, they just yeah. say, Oh, you know, this dog is no good. This dog is no good. This dog is no good. Yeah. And it's because they're not, maybe they're afraid to adapt or they just don't know how or whatever, but sure. they only have the Maserati. And it's got to be yeah. just like the first dog. And usually they don't yeah. have a lot of repeated they success. Don't find it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah yeah and don't get me wrong, I'm still looking for the next moxie <laughs> <laughs> I'm still looking for that that's that's a ride you don't forget. yeah, yeah. you uh, gotta go back to
2: the Mohawk if you find it.
0: <laughs> uh, I don't know about a mohawk again because it took a long time to grow that out yeah <laughs> but I will find something uh, with moxie it was the socks and the Mohawk with leap it's been like finding fun tights yeah and uh, and kind of going you know whatever we want to wear kind of fun stuff and this next dog in my future, who knows but I, maybe i I don't think I'm gonna shave my head again. <laughs>
2: If it's not joyful, do if it's not joyful, don't do it. Well, we exactly. wish you the best of luck um in California and in Poland and in everything else you're doing. And I really want to encourage our viewers and listeners to click this link. You can go see Dre doing some awesome freestyle routines, look at her online classes. Like she truly is the best in the business. And I know a lot about disc and entertainment, and I've mm-hmm. been around the block. This was my foundation. I freaking went to the world finals when I was 15 and I chose Dre, because I really think you're promoting the best message and you're sending joy and I really appreciate that. So thank you so oh, much thanks. and I really want um, all of you guys to go check some stuff out and you can do some online classes all summer long. It'll be great. Maybe I'll get you enrolled.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> You know, I I don't know a lot about the disc stuff, but it's been really a pleasure talking to you personally. I really enjoyed it's been a pleasure chatting with you
0: guys too, and we have to meet up in New Orleans. Oh yeah,
2: Maine! We're gonna ship you right up. All right, guys, take care. Check out dragondogsinternational.com and keep it quirky. Pink pig, pink pig, all the way.